0: welcome to the first episode of numb bills fan podcast i am a numb bills fan and a lot of people like to drink our problems away maybe use drugs whatever you guys decide to do i won't judge cry i do it a lot you know especially during the fitzpatrick days love the guy but the defense wasn't there and i was crying a lot well What do you expect when you put a guy with one minute down in a situation to come back? He has no accuracy. Anyways, I am here not to regurgitate everything. I am really that guy that I listen to a lot of podcasts off the WGR app. They take their great shows and they put them into like an hour form, you know, breakdown hour by hour format, and what I cannot stand is when I am swearing at the radio and I'm listening to the podcast version and I cannot call in. It really irritates me, so I am here now to vent all of my Buffalo Bills problems to you. And I now have a Twitter, just started up. I have my own, David J. Palermo, on Twitter. Also on Instagram, David J. Palermo. But for this podcast, I have created Numb Bills Fan at Twitter, and pretty much that's where you can catch anything. I probably won't have a bunch of updates. I will honestly just retweet a lot of things I see and keep it simple. But I have to give credit where credit is due, and this is what I listen to. I listen to a lot of The Morning Show with Howard Simon. Also has Jeremy on there, who is great with insight. Listen to The Afternoon Show, Show Up in Bulldog, and The John Murphy Show, which is a nice podcast that they do 7 to 9. On WGR 550, there's a in-house reporter, Joel Biscaglia. He does a mint job. I mean, he predicted C.J. Speller years ago. Uh, there's another guy, Sal Capaccio, who used to actually have his own podcast. I've been wanting to do one for a few years, but I've never had the McNuggets to actually step up to the plate and do it. Sal does a great job great job and the podcast he had i was so happy to see him get hired by wgr who even before they were the official bill station was really on top of it they were so on top of it with the research and how deep especially joe b goes with the draft and sale has wonderful insight as well you know he was the first guy to really report and had a source about Terrell owen signing with the bills which is great. Another guy I, I really, really enjoy is Tim Graham of the Buffalo News. Used to be with ESPN for a little bit. Um, he gets a bad rap because he actually has the stones to get in Twitter feuds to back himself up. I've always found him pleasant. Some people like to take dumps on him. I don't appreciate it. He's a great guy. At, at least so it seems. I, I don't know him, but I, I love his work. And... Another thing I listen to a lot of is uh, you know, any various podcasts, so I'll just keep this moving along. Anyways, so we have Doug Marone leaving. I really did not enjoy that guy. I thought he was so hard-headed. It's so great to see Rex Ryan. Rex Ryan is like Brandon Spikes of what we thought of him, which was, we don't like you, but if you come on our team, you're the greatest thing ever. We think you're great. And us Bills fans, we like to get attached to players no matter what. If they're a good guy, we really like them. If they're a bad guy, well, they come to Buffalo, we'll embrace them. Maybe they could be going on and on and, you know, they could really make it happen here in Buffalo. If it didn't work there, it'll work here. I mean, I remember looking at guys that they would pick up in the offseason. I'm like, I don't know who that is, but the write-up sounds great. Look at the measurables. I was one of those people that was obsessed with Marcus Easley, oh, give the guy a shot. He's got the measurables. Oh, man, he's so tall. He's so big. He can go up and get it, you know. But, anyways, I I really like the Rex Ryan hire. I think it was a great thing because he says one thing that I think he actually puts his money where his mouth is, which is I'm going to put my players in the best position to win. Now, offensively with the Jets, you know, it didn't show it, but I really believe that he got a bad rap with the front office, office, excuse me, with the New York Jets. I did not think that Tanabam and the next guy got him enough players. He he really didn't. Um, he he did not have much luck with the scraps he was given offensively. I do like though that he let Geno Smith just let it rip, just just learn, keep going. Coaches also do a wonderful job when when they get a a second chance. Like anybody who's human, you learn from your previous mistakes, and really I hope Rex is that guy. I mean, even in the press conferences at the Combine, you know, he had funny jokes, and he he had a a big baseball metaphor that I'm thinking, what are you even talking about in the beginning? But if you haven't checked it out, check it out on the Buffalo Bills website. Um, It was pretty cool to listen to. And he just talks about, yeah, I'm not going to talk about players on other teams. You know, He's like, I learned the hard way. I'm not going to do it again. And he's not as fiery as he used to be, but he doesn't need to be. I, I just care about my team winning. And finally, we have ownership who's willing to spend. I mean, Terry Pagula buying the team. I did have a close friend, the powerful Jeff Knight, if anybody knows him. He runs this little DIY record label, Full Circle Attack. And we go to games. We're all season ticket holders. We go to the games together, and he was the only one who complained because here in Rochester, New York, the prices of the Americs went up, so he complained that the price of the Bills tickets would go up, which I understand, but I'd rather be able to go to the games instead of having to fly to L.A. and have the name change. So here nor there, I think Rex will be sweet. Terry Pegula is going to be awesome, and everything's going to be cool. Uh, the first thing I look at is... Immediately reports are that he wanted to trade Kiko. And really, I get it. I really get it. I mean, think about it. The team did so good with the 4-3 last year. And they came off of a 3-4. Allegedly, 3-4. But it was really a hybrid. And it was just two different schemes these players have seen success. So I'm glad that they just re-signed Hughes, I'm glad that Nigel Bradham has come to form, you know, Brandon Spike stepped up, and really, I, a lot of people are saying that on the radio, too, they, they look at Keigo Alonzo like that first-round pick instead of EJ Manuel, and and I have to be honest with you guys, we have a good coach in Rexworth, he puts his money where his mouth is, which is, put the players in the best position to win, that means we have a new lease on life with. All three of the offensive linemen they drafted. I mean, the seventh rounder, Henderson, was the only one to regularly make the field next to Cyril Richardson, who, as far as what I hear from, you know, being Mr. John Madden football coach me, uh, man of 15, you know, he wasn't that good, Richardson, as far as all the reports and what I saw. I mean, it was crazy watching the statue Kyle Orton get sacked so many times, and, I didn't think E.J. Manuel got a fair shot. I thought maybe send him for a game, let him learn a little bit. But really, with Rex Ryan, you have a quarterbacks coach in David Lee who's awesome. You have Greg Roman who, he made Alex Smith come to life. I mean, that guy was left for dead. Seriously, left for dead. I cannot believe what he did with Alex Smith. And then Kaepernick had a down year, but maybe they shot too much... uh, Things on his plate for him. But here nor there. EJ Manuel now has. A a staff around him. I mean. I'm going to bash on Marone a little bit. I really felt that that guy was a moron. Especially offensively. He was smart enough to let a defensive coordinator. Especially an up and comer Mike Patton. A.K.A. Rex Ryan's right hand man. They created that defense together. And he came in and let him just run with it. Alright. Offensively. You have Nate Hackett. Oh, his father was a great offensive coordinator. You know what? I respect all that. And he seems really creative. But he got a bad rap, I thought, too, because in, in the end, he was handcuffed by Doug Marone. That said, first year, you have a rookie quarterback, you have a rookie offensive coordinator, you have a rookie head coach in the NFL, and you think that you can double duty being a quarterback's coach and an offensive coordinator, Uh, what planet are you on? That said, here we are, ready to go. Free agency starts tomorrow, and I cannot wait to see what they do. Doug Marone isn't in the building. Jerry Hughes said today in a press conference that it's a totally different vibe. Everybody here, it's a totally different vibe. And it seems like Marone just really crushed everybody's spirits. He wanted things his way. Down to the point where he had to review the videos before they went up on the internet. And I remember hearing interviews with Russ Brandon. And Russ, I like Russ. He's done wonderful things with the losing team. We actually have more season ticket holders now than we did in the 90s when they were winning. So that is something very, very, very great to be proud of. But I will say Doug Monroe, micromanaging, you know, anything on the radio station, the Buffalo Bills website you know, hey, welcome to the NFL, welcome to earning your paycheck, and yeah, your feelings are going to get hurt, but shouldn't you be the last person for your feelings to get hurt, an ex-NFL player, NFL Europe, you grew up around football your whole entire life? You should have a little bit thicker skin. That's why I'm glad we have a guy like Rex now who just totally owns it, makes the media in New York feel pathetic. No one's ever done that. A lot of people lose their mind like Dennis Green, which I mean it's really funny. But when you're such a weenie that you decide, "Oh, we're going to have the PR guy or whoever he is do the injury report, Doug Marrone." Something's up. You got to go. You really got to go. And I am so glad he's gone. I'm so glad he quit on the team because he he did not fit in. Especially from his opening press conference about, "Oh, I'm from the Bronx. I'm a New, you're not a New Yorker." You know, and Shoepen, and Bulldog has mentioned that point many times, so I credit him with that. But coming up, a lot of guys on the offensive line available. Ayupati, Balaga, those are the two big names. I don't know what to think. A lot of people don't want to spend big money. You know, they let Levitri go because he was going to get big money. But then again, in hindsight, um, a lot of the guys from what they're seeing in the front offense office sorry through the grapevine was saying they really did not think that Levitry was durable that something was going to happen well lo and behold the dude was hurt and now he might be a cap casualty at some point which hey if he can come back to the bills cheap that might work but if he's brittle what's the point i don't see them really spending a ton of money you would think on a guard but i think a sleeper pick to keep an eye on is darrell revis um Rex Ryan has called the guy in the coaching staff has called him a perfect player, where and it's in a book that was written, and you know Jeremy from WGR mentions the book, and uh, a lot the guy the the guy actually ended up going the author ended up going on the radio with John Murphy, and the book is called Collision Low Crossers: A Year Inside the Turbulent World of NFL Football, and pretty much the guy shadows. The whole Jets coaching staff for the offseason and the full season of the lockout. So it's really interesting. And, again, you know, they they call Rivas a perfect player. They call Cromartie a guy that just makes you scratch your head because he's so athletic but he doesn't want to tackle. And he just, I don't know if he takes plays off is what they said, but he just, it, you just scratch your head because you know he can make the play and he doesn't want to do it which is the reason I got San Diego got rid of him. He doesn't want to tackle, but I mean, Deion Sanders made a career of not tackling, and he's pretty good. He's in the Hall of Fame. Neon Deion. But I I expect them to make big moves. I would not be shocked if they signed Revis. At the same time, they have Hughes, and they might not want to put all that much money on that side of the ball, but like Doug Whaley keeps saying, no franchise quarterback, we are going to spend the money, essentially. But Darrell Revis, I think, would be a a great, great addition because, I mean, what are you going to do to the defense? I I think McAlvin could be the cap casualty on that if they bring him in. I really think that people are not talking enough about Corey Graham. I think he can move to safety. You bring in a guy like Revis or, like I was talking about earlier, Cromartie, I believe he's available this year. Or even Brandon Browner I'm not sure if he's available but you bring one of those guys in and your defense is just literally unstoppable Stefan Gilmore you know I would bag on him a lot especially the last season but that guy has proved himself to be a really solid almost a shutdown corner I mean add up how many times people have scored on him not much in this past season so other news: Kiko was traded. Kiko Alonso was traded for Lashawn McCoy. Let me tell you something. I'm in a fantasy football league, of course, like everybody in the world. And I had this league, and I have a partner because it's you know $190, and I don't want to spend $190 alone. A lot of guys have partners in this league. And my friend's a Giants fan, and we did not draft McCoy two years ago. You know, the the year, you know rushed for 1,600 yards, because well, honestly. He's in my division, and, you know, I can't root for McCoy, and I'm thinking, you got to be kidding me. Now, that said, I did win a league without drafting anybody from the AFC East except for the Bills. I had a few homer picks in there, you know, Steve Johnson, Fred Jackson. Fred Jackson actually won that league for me. Back on free agency, sleeper pick, Revis, I could see them picking up. Definitely picking up a guard. If it's Ayupati, cool, but... I'd almost rather give Revis stupid money than pay a lot of money to a guard. But they need a quick fix on that offensive line. I don't know what they're going to do. I mean, It's crazy. Now there's rumblings. They're going to cut Fred Jackson. Makes it, it makes sense on paper. 34 years old. Yada, yada, yada. I get it. But he is the team's best pass blocker. And I wouldn't be shocked if they bring in another quarterback. So, cutting Fred Jackson, that is the heart and soul of the team, is Fred. And he has done nothing but great things for the team. Um, I, I really hope that they can work something out to keep him. The guy was just on the John Murphy show. I forgot his name. I'm really great with these uh, sources of people I'm talking about here. Sorry. But... He, he he said, too, he's like, you know, Fred Jackson's the most underrated player or underappreciated player in the NFL, or at least that running back. He, he's still, like, 29 years old when you think about his body. I mean, that guy is like Wolverine where he just recovers like there's no tomorrow. And I really think that him featuring with McCoy, that would be a great fit. So, hopefully, the Bills do not get rid of him. They were really mum on the topic today at the press conference for Jerry Hughes signing, and I really don't know what to think. I hope everything works out. But can't wait to see what tomorrow brings. Tuesday, 4 o'clock, I believe, is free agency. So I would not be shocked if they broke the bank, brought in a quarterback, paid Balaga, and Ayupati it it it's not what I think. It's what the Bills think, and I wouldn't be shocked if they did that. If they brought in Revis, I wouldn't be shocked either. But that's like an extreme, you know, wish list. Uh, I, I'm sick of seeing the Bills in the past just sit on their hands, waiting around. Yeah, you know, we got to develop these players. And a, a coach that doesn't get enough credit was Chan Gailey. I mean, he was given the worst guys to work with. They, when, when Buddy Nix was asked, which I like Buddy, when he was asked. Well, what are you gonna do the night, the the day of free agency? Oh, I'm gonna take a good nap. Oh, cool, dude. Like, you don't really want to sign anybody, or you're not gonna be up at midnight doing deals. No, no, we're gonna wait. And the first guy they brought in that was big was Mario Williams. I mean, that paid off, definitely paid off. But now with the Pugulas, Rex Ryan, I'm sure Rex is gonna get his way. Lovable dude. He seems really on page with the front office, and Whaley seems on page with him, even crediting Whaley. Hey, keep drafting how you're drafting. We're going to be just fine. And it says something about the other regime with the Jets, with the front office. And there's nothing else I want more than the Bills to win. And, you know, they say build through the draft. Well, the team has finally been building through the draft, especially on defense. I mean, I did not expect the Norris Searcy to step up to the plate like he did last year after Bird left. You know, and then you got guys like Darius coming into form. I mean, he was, he was good his rookie year. That seemed like the second year he was down a little bit with uh, Juan Stash. But, I mean, man, that guy is just an animal. I, I hope all four of those front four go to the Pro Bowl this year. And, and even guys like Manny Lawson who, when they brought him in three years ago, I was like, eh, what are they going to do with this guy? He doesn't really rate out too well. You know, I go on PFT all the time, Pro Football Talk. I read the comments because a lot of times in the comments, you come up with little nuggets of information where it's like, oh, man, he lost and didn't work out in San Fran because they did this, or, oh, good luck with that. I believe he played for the Bengals, and, you know, I researched it, found out what schemes he played, why he failed. And, you know, you just pick up little nuggets in the comments and you get to research it and and it's like great seeing guys like Mandy Lawson he same I believe he was on the same line as uh Mario Williams in college, and it's cool seeing those two play together and we have interchangeable pieces guys like Wynn and Bryant they filled in at defensive tackle and did pretty good, but don't be shocked that they pick up a defensive end in the second or third round um should be a real interesting season. I'm looking forward to it. We have an owner with deep pockets. It should be great. But that's it for this edition, first episode. Sorry about all that. You know, jibber-jabber back and forth with myself. Hopefully I'll have guests in the future. Maybe I'll interview uh, some friends, get their opinion, interview my girlfriend who goes to the games. She's figuring it out. Just discovered it's four downs to go ten yards, you know, and why did they kick the ball that way? Either way, I'll have another one to make your ears bleed. This has been the Numb Bills Fan Podcast. Thank you. Don't forget, Numb Bills Fan on Twitter, numbbillsfan at gmail.com. And as always, get the WGR app. Listen to those guys. They do a way better job than me. I'm just an idiot who decided to fire up my MacBook here. And really, I'm really leaving now. Thank you.